0: Time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. It's another edition of Reengineering Your Finances with Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group, certified financial planner and CPA. On today's show, we're going to be talking about timing your retirement preparations. How far out do you need to start planning for some of the most important questions in the whole retirement planning process? Looking forward to diving into that with Charles today. Charles, I hope you're having a great summer so far. Anything uh, exciting that you're up to in these uh, last couple of weeks or coming up soon?
1: yeah well uh about a week and a half ago i went on vacation up the pocono mountains in, you know pennsylvania with uh, my grandkids and you know one of my daughters and it was great you know fantastic so uh i'm back in the saddle looking to keep things going in the summertime but you know we kind of you know we work hard but you know we kind of you know work a half a day on friday and i usually take off uh, wednesday so things are a little bit you know slower in the summertime We kind of Work-life balance, you know, is really critical for us. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy I'm doing the podcast and I'm happy that, uh, you know, I, I do what I do and I can help people.
0: Uh, it's fantastic. Love hearing that. And I know it's more and more important in today's world, right, to have that balance and uh, provide it for your team and your employees. And I'm sure that you hear those stories from a lot of your clients when they meet with you as you get older, it just becomes more and more, uh, I guess, central and important to, uh, to how you operate. So I think that's great. Where, where'd you go in the Poconos?
1: We went to the, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Lake Wallenpahkik or something like that. But we had a house nice. on the lake. My son-in-law has a boat. So we had a, our own private dock and a boat. And, you know, my grandkids, two of them are five years old. They're identical twin girls. And one of them's like one-year-old. So, you know, Pop Pop was babysitting and out in the boat with, uh, you know, the, the, the family and you know, doing cookouts and, you know, it, it was fantastic. I mean, the weather wasn't the greatest, but, you know, it was just great, you know, being away from the office and really like spending time with the family.
0: I believe that's uh, Lake Wallenpompak. It's, yeah, that's uh, it, yeah. Yeah, that that made famous in The Office. I don't, did you ever see that episode of The Office? Nah, by you no, know I, oh, I did yeah. not. Oh,
1: wow. Cool. In the
0: TV show of The Office, they go to Lake Wallenpompak. They do like a, a, a company field trip there, and they do like games on the lake. And it's it's yeah. a very, very funny episode, actually. Yeah, and the and lake they actually, is They like,
1: actually filmed it at the lake. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievably big, the lake. I couldn't believe how big it is. Yeah, it's a good one size, of the largest sure. lakes around,
0: yeah. Oh, that is too funny. I I, I never thought I'd have a real-life mention of Lake Wallenpompak pop up uh, <laughs> after my years of fandom of The Office, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that, that's like a career moment for me, Charles, to be able to talk about uh, <laughs> about The Office uh, episode with you here. That's, that's great. Uh, well, let's dive into our uh, countdown clarity, we'll call it. So whether you're close to retirement or maybe you're still a little ways from that exciting date, either way, it's not uncommon to wonder when you should start preparing for each aspect of it. So whether it's figuring out the right time to be debt-free or adjusting your portfolio risk or social security elements, maybe health care, these kinds of questions are all going to be on your mind as you get closer and closer to retirement. So our episode today is going to guide you through the ideal timeline for some of these most important questions. We're not going to cover every question today, but we've isolated five or six but that we think it will be helpful to walk you through and at least get those wheels turning a little bit as you think about retirement. So how far away from retirement should we start answering these questions, Charles? That's the goal of today's show. So the first one we want to focus on is about income and expenses. What will your income and expenses look like in retirement? When do we really need to start nailing that down?
1: Well, I mean, in football, they have the red zone. what's a 20-yard line in? You know, So I think in retirement planning, the red zone would be like 10 years Prior to retirement, you know, you really should like, you know, kind of take an inventory of what you have, you know, what your income needs are going to be, what your potential Social Security benefits are going to be. You know, do you have a pension, that type thing. But really, the key is, you know, and I find this out and I, I have to confess I didn't really realize until about two years ago. And I've been a financial planner for you know, well over 20 years. Uh, the most important thing in a financial plan is what you're spending. And a lot of people don't really have a handle on that. The reality of it is, is, you know, I used to think, uh, oh, you know what, we'll just ballpark it. Uh, yeah, they're going to spend $7,500 a month, uh, $8,000 a month, you know, uh, you know, pre-tax. Don't worry about taxes. We'll build that into the plan. And then we, they we're going to have them live to be 100. And then what I found out was, you know, a lot of people were running out of money, like in their like early 90s. And what I realized is like, hey, wait a minute. You know, how many people in their 90s are going to be driving a car? Uh, How many people in their 90s are going to go on like, you know, five, eight, $10,000 a year vacations? So what we really tried to do is like get the clients to like actually fill out, you know, what they're spending and have a deeper conversation with them as to like, uh, hey, you know, how's longevity in your family? You know, that type thing. And by really tweaking these numbers and assigning inflation to, you know, maybe traditional numbers like food but higher inflation numbers to things like healthcare we really came up with um like uh, for one of a better word a better mousetrap to really like determine like hey guess what you know with the same level of income but really like honing in on your expenses you know we can have you live to be 100 not run out of money rather than run out of money at 90 92 so the point i want to make with income and expenses you know is that income is more predictable than expenses but if people really like spend the time and you know detail their expenses, what they believe they're going to spend. You know, we can really help them you know, realize their goals by creating a plan that's flexible in terms of like not spending so much per month, compounded at so much per year over 25, 30 years. We can like maybe when they're 84 years old, all of a sudden, hey, they're not driving the car anymore. Uh, healthcare is a lot more expensive. The mortgage is paid off, things of that nature. So Again, uh, I never realized how important expenses were in retirement, and if people spend the time, it's usually like, you know, maybe an hour or two, and, you know, create an expense plan, a monthly expense plan, uh, I think they'll have a better feel for how long the retirement income can and will last.
0: It's definitely an important question to ask and good to get some perspective on the timing there. So here's another really important question. Uh, When do we need to start nailing this one down, Charles? Do you have a structured plan to generate that income? in retirement. So when do we really kind of, is, is this like the date we need to kind of put things in writing? Is that what we're angling at here maybe?
1: Yeah, I, I think again, like maybe like closer to five years before retirement, you should like get a financial plan done. I mean, you know, perhaps before that, but you know, at least five years before retirement, you, you got to know like, hey, am I ready to retire? Can I retire sooner? Uh, do I have to work longer? And, and we have a process and, you know, communicated this on earlier podcasts called the bucket plan, which is a wonderful process where you can really determine, um, you know, how much money you're going to need, where to put that money in terms of, you know, sooner conservative investments or later more growth oriented investments. I think the sooner that people get a plan done, say five years or prior to five years uh, before retirement, they'll have a better feel and, and more confidence that you know, hey, maybe I don't have to work another like five years, maybe uh, three years from now I can you know decide to retire. I do have enough assets or guess what? You know, I'm glad I got this plan done because I, I won't be able to retire in five years. You got to work another seven or eight years. But it's really critical, you know, uh, not to wait until you retire to get a plan done. It's critical to get it done to see, you know, what you know, is out there in terms of um, setting up investments that will you know, provide you with the income you need in later years.
0: Income such a big part of the equation. That's why our first two questions certainly dabble in the subject a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit more as we shift gears here, though, about savings. And again, we're talking about timing your retirement preparations. So if someone is starting to ask themselves, are you behind where you need to be from a saving, savings standpoint? And can you realistically catch up? Is that a question that has a, a, a specific date to it? Or should we got to be asking ourselves that all the time?
1: Well, I don't know if that specific date, but there's a formula that I usually use. It's called how much capital do you need to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired? And that formula is pretty basic, Walter. What you do is you determine like, hey, you know, with this budget, like what do I need on a monthly basis you know, to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired? And let's just say, you know, it's 10 grand a month, right? You know, just round numbers, 10 grand a month. And let's just say with some of the predictable income that you have coming in, like Social Security and maybe a pension, that 7,000 of that is covered. So you're only short three grand a month. You got that guaranteed predictable income coming in each and every month to the tune of seven grand. You're only short three grand. Well, that three grand gets multiplied by 12 months. And now you know that you're short $36,000 per year. But again, if you know, if you're retired, you can just divide that by four and a half percent and say, Hey, wait a minute. I only need 800 grand to retire today and remain comfortably retired. But with inflation, you know, treadline 3% and today it's a little bit higher. I like to factor in a little inflation and basically at 3%, instead of needing like uh, $36,000 a year, now you need $48,000 a year. So my point is that, you know, there's a formula that says, Hey, Without inflation, we need 800,000. With inflation, we need a little over a million. Uh, What do we have in our account? Oh, we only have 600 grand. How long is it going to take us to get to a million? How many months do we have? Is it realistic? Blah, blah, blah. So again, there's no right or wrong answer in terms of um, you know, when people can retire and remain constantly retired. But that formula, you know, just taking your account balance and multiplying by four and a half percent and then dividing it by 12, that'll give people, you know, a ballpark figure of what's available over and above their guaranteed income, whether it be pension and or social security.
0: I like that uh, perspective a lot, and people do want to play some catch up, and it's great to know that there are some opportunities for that to happen. The closer you get to retirement, if you've got questions about anything we've talked about so far on the show today, you can always check the description of the program where we have contact information, or write this down: the number to reach Charles is six one zero. 3887705 you can go through a complimentary initial review of your financial plan and see what action steps you might want to take to improve your situation going forward and if you want to launch into the full planning process with Charles and get that retirement plan pulled together cpweldygroup.com is the website as well cpweldygroup.com. Get in touch that way. Uh, we're talking about how far out from retirement you need to handle these various pressing questions about retirement planning. Uh, do you have too much risk in your portfolio for your age? I suppose risk is something we always will be thinking about when we're investing, but at what point do we really need to say, okay, is it, is it truly appropriate for where I am in life or in my plan or at my age? When does that start to become most pressing?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if you ever heard of the formula. You take a 100 minus your age, and that determines what you should have in stocks. Did you ever hear that, Walter?
0: Yeah, that's the uh, rule of 100, right? Yeah,
1: rule of 100, right? So basically, if somebody's 70 years old, if they follow the formula, 100 minus 70, 30% in stocks, 70% in fixed income, Like realistically, that might be totally inappropriate. Why? Because everybody's different. Some people have longevity. Some people uh, need to take more risk some people uh, need to take less risk because um, you know maybe they have a, a big nest egg but the key is that risk really you know should be really based on time when will the money be needed if you need money say within the next 10 years it might be prudent to take You know, whatever you're going to need, that income gap figure in a, uh, let's just say it was like 300 grand and put it in some conservative investment that will generate, you know, $300,000 worth of cash flow over the next 10 years. And then it might be prudent to put the remaining balance in a later bucket for growth. It really depends on what your, you know, cash flow is, your income needs are, your, you know, your, your goals, your legacy planning. So I don't think, um, you know, taking too much risk uh, or, or not taking enough risk has anything to do with age. I think it has to do with like, what are your income needs? What's your income gap? You know, what's your longevity? And basically, you know, the time value of money. Let's put your investments and invest them when they're going to be needed so that, hey, if I know I don't need money for the next 10 years, X amount of dollars who's so got the next 10 years covered with this 300 grand, perhaps I can invest it more aggressively in a stock portfolio that if history is any guy will give us maybe twice the return the fixed income will give us over the next 10 years so um you know this thing about risk i think people get risk and volatility like mixed up volatility is what creates the premium return on stocks and if you have money that you think is risky uh, that is going to do you know, maybe 6% average per year, uh, that might not be risky. The, the real risk might be leaving all your money in something that's only going to do 3% a year. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you're saying risk comes in many forms, right? We can't just look at it kind of
1: from a singular angle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the risk of running out of money can be solved with maybe investing more in stocks. Well, the risk investing in stocks would be like you have to stomach more volatility. So it, it, it's, that's the beauty of a plan is, you know, if you can put investments in different categories or buckets and the buckets are really time related, then risk, you know, really doesn't seem to be that much of a, an issue because the volatility becomes your friend as time goes on. Uh, and again, if history is any guy, the stocks will outperform the the bonds and the fixed income, you know, two to one over time. That's that's been proved historically.
0: OK, very good, Charles. Well, this kind of dovetails nicely into our next question. That's really important. That, that risk conversation. And you kind of mentioned the other side of it of maybe losing money safely. Uh, that kind of rings true with then asking yourself, hey, does my plan have an answer for potential rising taxes? What about inflation? So how far out do we need to start worrying about those things? I mean, uh, I'm in my 30s, Charles, so I'm not – I'm a little – you know, I'm thinking a little bit about taxes when I retire, but it's still pretty far off in the distance. When do we need to get serious about that? Well, at the same time, you know, we've had a lot of inflation lately, so that's top of mind, but maybe still not necessarily from a retirement perspective. So when do you really engage in those conversations?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, even in your 30s, Walter, I mean, you know, taxes are an issue because, you know, most people like, you know, your age or in your age group, you know, they're putting the bulk of their savings in like pre-tax accounts. So basically, you know, at 6% average annual return per year in 12 years, that account will double and in 24 years, it'll double again. So my point is that if somebody had, I'm just making up a number, 500 grand in their retirement accounts say, husband and wife, they're like in their 30s. Well, you know, if they never put another nickel in 12 years down the road, that could be worth a million dollars. And then 12 years later, 24 years from today, that could be worth $2 million. Well, if you had $2 million in your retirement account and you're forced to take out like roughly 4% when you reach age 72, there's like, what, 80 grand without putting another nickel in your retirement account in your 30s. So my point is that maybe people should really be looking at taxes like an expense, not as, um, you know, something that, hey, I'll deal with when I get there. Taxes can be, you know, the biggest detriment to your retirement freedom. And that's not me saying that. That's Ed Slott. He's like an IRA guru whom I've met you know, quite a few times in the past. And uh, you know I take some training from Ed and I really believe in some of his philosophies. Inflation is not going to really affect um, people that are working as much as people that are retired. I mean, inflation really affects poor people more than it affects uh, wealthier people. Uh, but again, as I mentioned on earlier podcasts, you know, a treadline inflation, three or 4%, you might need $3 20 years from now to pay for the dollar pace for today. So, you know, in terms of timing, taxes are an issue all the time, inflation is an issue. Pretty much all the time, but more so when you retire because, you know, generally speaking, most people when they retire, their income now is kind of fixed.
0: Very helpful, Charles. All right. Last but not least, let's get to one additional example question here. Again, timing your retirement preparations. And this is a big one. Uh, are your legal documents up to date? And have you planned for long-term care needs? Because that often goes hand-in-hand with kind of that longer-term planning conversation. Um, How soon do we need to start thinking about that as we get ready for retirement?
1: Well, I mean, legal documents, I would say, uh, you know, once you have kids, you know, obviously we can all get hit by the proverbial bus. You know, you really need to have a will, maybe powers of attorney, both financial and medical, the beneficiaries on your retirement accounts, your life insurance, your annuities, if you're fortunate enough to have them. Uh, you know, you should have them like, you know, up to date, you know, and review them at least like every two or three years. So that's really the critical part of financial planning is like, Hey, we call it the fire drill. If like, you aren't here tomorrow. What happens? Well, if you have your will, it'll say exactly what happens. If you have your powers of attorney and you're, you know, you're on your deathbed or you need some medical care, you know, you have someone making that decision for you. If you can't make it for yourself, beneficiaries, you know, obviously, you know, people, um, need to have not just like primary beneficiaries, but contingent beneficiaries in the event the primaries predecease the contingent ones. So they're all very important, a legal part of the planning process. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I do have an opportunity to review people's wills, powers of attorney, and obviously the beneficiary designations are critical. When it comes to long-term care, I mean, you know, today, I mean, I would say that my my, uh, experience has been that everybody wants it but nobody wants to pay for it, right? And, you know, I mean, I've got the old type of long-term care. When I was in my mid-50s, I and my wife, you know, got a long-term care policy. And you know, I think we're paying roughly like $3,000 a year each, uh, you know, for the policies that we have. And we're in our late 60s. Uh, my concern is what it's going to be, what's the cost of that, you know, premium going to be, you know, in our late 70s, or early 80s, you know, will it be prohibited. Uh, you know, will we be able to uh, you know, afford it between you and me? I, I think we will. But, you know, there's uncertainty there with that type of long term care. Today, they have um, different types of long term care where, you know, you might be able to buy an insurance policy with a long term care rider that, hey, you know, if you don't need long term care, And you pass away you know the death benefit tax free goes to your family and if you need it you can access that death benefit earlier in the form of a long-term care benefit you know maybe over a period of like three or four years so um you know long-term care I, i i think when people get a plan done Generally speaking, they're mo- most concerned about, hey, you know, do I have enough, you know, to last me to age 100? You know, where should my investments be located? You know, what's the tax efficiency of my investments? But if they don't have long-term care, that's the leak in the dike. You know, that's that that's the thing that can really upset their plan. And, you know, we don't really like, you know, when we do plans for people, we don't try to overwhelm them, Walter. You know, when we do the plan, like, hey, you need this, this and this. And plus, you need long term care. And you need the like we try to take steps in increments like we don't want to overwhelm people like let's get their you know, let's get their investments organized so that they have conservative investments for you know predictable income. They've got growth investments to replenish those conservative investments over time. They have their investments in the right funnels in terms of taxation. Uh, and now we can actually start like taking a deeper dive and maybe like taking money from the left pocket, put it in the right pocket, and maybe leveraging a long term care benefit. There's a, someone in our group, I'm a member of a mastermind group nationwide, there's like over 300 of us and we share ideas. I recently got back from Cleveland in early June, and uh, one of the gentlemen at the uh, conference was telling me that what he does when he does a financial plan for people and he comes to long-term care, he'll ask the uh, client, he'll say, hey, you know, if you need long-term care, where are you gonna get the money from? And, you know, people say the CD or this stock account or whatever, and he'll write that down in their long-term care section of their binder that he delivers to them. And uh, I think it's a good idea because uh, again, even though, you know, most people think that ah, it'll happen to my neighbor, it's not going to happen to me, you know, there's a way to just take your assets and like reposition them and maybe leverage a long term care benefit that, you know, unless you get a plan done, you'll never know about
0: great outline there. Love that story as well, Charles. Appreciate you sharing that with us. And uh, always nice to learn from others so we can try to avoid mistakes ourselves and make sure that we're on the right planning path uh, without having to kind of learn learn from missteps and those kinds of things on our own. Let's learn from the mistakes of others and also the, uh, the successes of others while we're at it. Uh, if you've got any questions uh, for the things that we've discussed on today's show, don't hesitate to reach out to Charles. Again, the contact info is the phone number 610-388-7705. Talk about your retirement plan in specifics by calling Charles. Again, that's 610-388-7705. Or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. And we'll link to that contact information in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. Well, Charles, thank you so much for your help and guidance on the show today. Enjoyed this one and have a great rest of your week. And uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: Thanks, Walter. You do the same.
0: All right. Thanks so much. That's Charles. I'm Walter. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Reengineering Your Finances.